Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Shift About Real Estate. And for the first time, this podcast is also going to be on YouTube. So if you want to see my mug while doing this episode, feel on feel free to uh, you know go onto YouTube and and watch this uh, being recorded. So uh, today we're going to talk about the buying process. Now we've been speaking a lot about you know buying a home, but I haven't really dived into you know what that's going to look like for just about anyone. Uh, who's buying a home. Now, I'm going to uh, assume that the buyer in this case is buying a resale home. So not new construction. You know, we kind of went into the new construction process, uh, you know, a couple of episodes ago. And that's just a more longer drawn out process compared to the overall process. So uh, for purposes of this, we are going to go over the entire process, starting from your first meeting with your real estate agent, all the way to when your real estate agent, hopefully me, uh, gives you the keys to your brand new home. Okay, so congratulations, you've made the decision to buy a home, um, especially in this market. Uh, you know, I commend you for, for that. Uh, look, there's, I'm always going to be a proponent to buy a home when you're able to buy a home. It, it, it doesn't matter what the market is like. Uh, we spoke about that actually a few episodes ago uh, now. Uh, that it's, you know, if, if you can buy a home because your rent and your mortgage, I mean, it's, it's the same money, at least have that money work for you. But I won't, I won't go into that, uh, that too much today. So, all right, you call your real estate agent up, your real estate agent, you know, meets with you either at their office, virtually on Zoom, you do it all over the phone, or maybe you get some Starbucks and, you know, meet at a coffee shop or something. Um, all right. Well, the first thing your real estate agent is going to want to do, and that what I'm going to do is, I want to know what it is you're looking for. You know, are you looking for a condo, a townhouse, or a single-family residence? Um, if you are subscribed to my weekly email, which actually I personally write those, um, I, it's not like a service or anything. I, I, I spend about an hour or so every week personally writing in this past week's uh Email, I, I discuss the, the three main uh, property subtypes that we see in Las Vegas. Um, so I'm going to want to know what, what you're looking for. Condo, single family, townhome. I'm going to want to know about what your price range is. Now, I'm just curious now what you think your price range is. Uh, you might not know. You might not know if it's a $400,000 house, so I might ask you, or $500,000 house, so I might ask you, you know, what are you, what are you currently paying? Are you comfortable with that payment? Do you want to pay more? Do you want to pay less? Now, when I'm asking you that question, if you're currently renting, that is, yes, I'm asking you what your current rent is. Um, so say you're paying 1500 a month right now in rent, and you're like, you know what? I can go up to 2000 a month. That's good for me to know because the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to my lender. But before I actually go into all of it and talk to the lender, I'm going to, uh, you know, find out a little bit about, you know, more what you're looking for. Area of town, I'm going to go over current market conditions, and I'm really going to see, um, you know, is buying right for you? You know, I said a few episodes ago, if you can buy, buy, and I think you should always buy no matter what the market is. But I also did admit in that episode that sometimes buying isn't the right option. Sometimes we do need to wait. And it's going to be in this initial consultation, I'm going to determine that. 
you know, if our credit's a little low, if our, you know, if we're not going to be, you know, if you're looking to buy, uh, you know, a five-bedroom home in a certain area of town where the five-bedroom homes are going to exceed what you want your monthly payment, we're going to have a conversation if you're open to other parts of town. And if you're, you know, really set on a specific type of home or a specific area, well, then we're going to shift gears from buying now to buying later. And then what we need to do together, because this is a team, okay? What we need to do together in order to get you the home that you're looking for in a in a timely manner. Uh, I'll, I'll always say I don't want to sell you a home. I want to sell you this home. And I want to sell your next home. And I want to sell your friends' homes. And I want to sell your family members' homes, okay? And... If I'm going to just force you into the first home that uh, doesn't really make sense for you, but you can pay for it, you can afford it, but it's not really what you're looking for, A, that's unethical, I'm not really doing good at my job if I'm doing that, B, you're never going to give me any of your referral business, and in all honesty, most of my business is people I know and people I've worked with before and the people they know and so on and so forth. So I would just completely ruin such a such an important facet facet of my business uh, by doing that. So, okay, we're going to chat now and I'm going to set you up on a preliminary search based on just our conversation that we had. Now, remember, I'm not a lender. I'm a realtor. So you might tell me like, hey, Jason, I'm, I'm going to spend, you know, four to $500,000 and I'm going to, you know, we're going to live on this side of town. I'm going to be like, great, you know, based on what you just said, that sounds awesome. Let me get you set up on a search. Here's four to $500,000 homes uh, in the area you're looking for, you know, with pool or whatever, you know, whatever we discussed. Um, you're going to speak to my lender if you're, if you're alone, okay? If you're cash, I'll, I'll kind of talk about that too a little bit. If you're cash, great, you're going to give me your proof of funds, the reason you're going to give me your proof of funds is because I'm going to need your proof of funds the same way as I'm going to need your pre-approval letter in order to write any offer on a home. That's just that's just the way it is. You know, the 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 seller is going to need to make sure that the buyer is uh, capable of purchasing the home that they're selling if they're about to pull it off the market. So if you're cash, I'm going to ask for your proof of funds. Now, when a Realtor asks you for proof of funds, you should 100,000% block out, black out the, uh, the account numbers. We just need to see your name. We need to see uh, you know, the, the institution, the banking institution or the brokerage accounts uh, you know, institution. Um, and we need to see the amount. And the amount has to exceed the purchase price because of closing costs and everything. Um, so if you're buying like a $400,000 home, cash, Probably want like about 430 or so in the bank. Um, and yes, I get this question a lot. It can 100% be from multiple accounts. As long as the your name is, the, is your name on the account or if you're buying it in the name of an LLC or in a trust, you have the LLC paperwork or the trust paperwork to support um, that you are, you, in fact, you know, the one who's able to sign off on that, uh, then yeah. That's fine. And it could be from five accounts, 10 accounts, one account, whatever, as long as the grand total exceeds the purchase price of the home. But the truth of the matter is most uh, most most people are going to be using a loan. And that's that's totally fine. I used a loan. I mean, I got a mortgage. I have a mortgage on my home uh, where I'm sitting right now. There, there's a mortgage on here. So uh, that's that's fine and, and honestly expected. So 
we're going to get you in touch with a lender. Now, the lender is going to require certain information from you. They're going to require, you know, your tax returns for the last couple of years, pay stubs, bank statements for the last few months. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they're also going to want to run your credit uh, to make sure that you're able to get more credit. Because at the end of the day, all mortgages is credit. You know, the, it's a line of credit from the bank in order to purchase a home. Um, and they're going to charge interest on it, and that's how the banks make money. Uh, so you're going to get pre-approved with the lender. Now, a question I get a lot is, should I get pre-approved before, uh, before I, uh, before I uh, 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 see houses with you? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, like I said a few moments ago, in, if I'm going to uh, show you homes and you're going to want to write an offer on them, I'm going to need that pre-approval letter in order to write the offer. Also, we need to make sure that the home you're looking at is within your budget. You know, you might be able to afford $2,000 a month based on what you have in the bank, but there might be other things going on in your financial uh, history or whatever that might prevent you from being able to do so through a traditional loan. Um, so the you know the reason that we're going to want you pre-approved first that's actually as a benefit to you as the buyer because I don't want to bring you to a home that we think that we just think you can afford, okay? That or, or that you can you know you can get a mortgage for but not know for sure and you fall in love with this home. You're going to then uh, be all excited for this home to then get pre-approved. All right, now the way our market's moving, one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to see the home, and by the time I actually get your pre-approval letter, it's going to be sold five times over, or there's a chance that we're going to you know, get pre-approved, and we're going to find out during that pre-approval process that for whatever reason you can't purchase this home, and now you just fell in love with a home that you can't purchase. And then when you see the homes that you can, now you're going to be discouraged so when I tell a client that I need you to get pre-approved before we start looking at homes, it's as a benefit to you as the client. I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to, you know, tell you something or show you something that we just don't know for certain, for sure, if you can purchase. So that's, that's going to be my spiel on pre-approvals, okay? Get pre-approved as soon as you can. Before we start looking, myself or any real estate agent that you're working with should be able to point you in the uh, the right direction for a uh, for you know for a lender to get you pre-approved. I work with some great lenders, um, but of course you might have a relationship with your bank already or credit union. I'm, look, I'm not going to be a, a real estate agent that's going to say you have to use my lender. It's fine. I don't. You don't have to use the lender that I work with. Use whomever you feel comfortable with. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the job done. You know, I just know that uh, this is a very important part of the step. So now we've met. You've met with the lender. And the uh, lender pretty much confirmed what we already knew. I mean, a lot of people do have an idea on where their budget's going to be. Um, and the lender confirms it. We now have that pre-approval letter in hand. We can start looking at houses. So we look at a few one day and you want to, you know, write an offer on one of them. What next? Okay, so we find uh, we find one that you like. We write an offer on it. 
And, you know, we, we, we maybe go back and forth between the seller on some things. Now, uh, in any market, I'm going to suggest you make an offer based on current market conditions. Um, so in our current market conditions, I might suggest overlist price. Um, in, a, in a normal market, I might suggest at list price. In a, in a buyer's market, I'll probably suggest under list price. Um, you know, that's the, uh, that's gonna be, you know, the, 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 the kind of the, the gist of a buyer seller's normal market, which I went into, you know, a lot of detail on, uh, you know, a few episodes ago. But, uh, so in our current market, I might suggest over list price. I might include some other terms in there because I know we might be walking into multiple offers. So I'm going to want your offer to look strong. You know, cash is king. However, there are ways to write an offer with a mortgage that are so strong that, yeah, cash might be king, but we just wrote a really good offer that can compete really nicely with cash. So, you know, who you work with matters. So make sure that you're working with an experienced real estate agent, especially with everything going on in the market right now, that you're working with somebody who knows how to get creative, uh, creative, so to speak, with those offers so they can, uh, you know, so you can be competitive right now. Um, so it might take some time. We'll go back and forth with the seller agreeing on terms. Once you and the seller agree on terms, it's called the meeting of the minds. You're in contract. Congratulations. Now the fun's starting. Um, escrow is opened. When escrow is opened, here we give something called an earnest money deposit. There's no real set number on an earnest money deposit. On my listings, I usually recommend that the buyer give 1% of the purchase price, uh, 1% to 2% of the purchase price. Um, you can make up a number. The higher the earnest money deposit, sometimes the stronger the offer. You know, your real estate agent, when you're a buyer, your buyer's agent. So when I'm representing you as a buyer, my job is to protect your deposit throughout the entire transaction. That if for whatever reason we need to leave, we are leaving in a in a in the contract. We are leaving that contract in a legal means to do so, uh, so that you get your earnest money deposit back. Uh, you know more often than not. So you want to again make sure you you're working with an agent who knows the market, who knows his contract or her contracts uh, well enough that if for whatever reason you need to leave the deal on a later date, they're well versed on making sure that you are. Uh, you know, you're getting your, your deposit back, and if you're not getting your deposit back, they can at least explain to you as to why you're not going to get your deposit back. Uh, this earnest money deposit that you, you as a buyer are going to submit to escrow, this acts as your good faith. This is now so the seller's going to pull them home off the market. They're going to put it under contract. They're going to say it's contingent or pending sale. Um, they don't touch this earnest money deposit unless you breach the contract. Um, again, it sits in escrow. It sits at a third party. That's all escrow means. It's a third party that facilitates the transaction. Um, they're going to uh, hold on to this money again in case somebody breaches or in case you walk away, but you're legally entitled back to that money. That's fine. You'll, you'll get your money back. They put the home back on the market. It's earnest money. It's in good faith. Okay. So now escrow is open. Your first seven to... Seven to 14 days, 
Um, and this is a number that can be filled in by your agent, at least here in Southern Nevada, is your due diligence period. Um, this is a way to make your offer seem stronger. I mean, if you could do a shorter due diligence period, it's going to look stronger because here in Southern Nevada, um, and I'm, I'm going to assume just about every other market, a buyer is allowed to leave the contract during their due diligence period with really no questions asked, uh, at, at which point then a... Uh, the buyer would get their earnest money back, and they can just say that we are leaving uh, uh, due to to due diligence. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so you're in due diligence. That's when you're going to get any inspections done on the home that you want. Now, you should always, always, always get an inspection. Okay, I mean, in our market right now, we're not really seeing sellers doing too much. Uh, in terms of repairs, because it is a seller's market. However, sellers also have to be reasonable still. Uh, I have a listing right now where the air conditioning broke. Okay, this is Southern Nevada. Right now, as I record this, it's 115 degrees, according to my watch, okay? <laughs> we need working AC in Las Vegas. It's a desert out there. So if, you know, obviously my seller has to get a brand new AC unit, okay? It's just... It just, it's just it's an unfortunate fact of home ownership that sometimes your air conditioning unit will break beyond repair and you will probably need to replace it. Um, so still get an inspection. You should still know the type of home that you're buying. Um, and that's going to be pretty much your due diligence. During your due diligence, after your inspection, you will ask the seller to fix things. It's going to be for only serious things in any market, but just know that unless it's a safety issue in our current market, you're probably not going to get anything fixed really. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap up or let's, uh, let's sum up what we've got so far. So one, you meet with your agent and have your initial consultation. If you're cash, you move on to step three. If you're not cash, you speak to a lender. Your lender gives you a pre-approval and then step three, you start looking at homes. You find a home you like, you make an offer based on current market conditions. After making an offer based on mar current market conditions, you may negotiate with the seller a little bit back and forth until you have that ultimate meeting of the minds. When you have that meeting of the minds, escrow is now opened. You submit your earnest money deposit, which is a deposit in good faith for the seller to take the home off the market. After they take the home off the market, your due diligence period starts. This is a period anywhere between roughly 7 and 14 days after the contract is uh, initially signed for you to do your inspections. You do your inspections always. You should always do an inspection to know what the uh, what the home is, uh, you know, what, what, what's going on with the home and everything. There's only on serious issues in any market, but especially this market. Again, that inspection is mostly for informational purposes. And now your due diligence is done. Now, if you have a loan, you have a couple other contingencies in there. If you're buying in an HOA, you have another contingency in there. If you're paying cash, some of those contingencies don't exist unless you're still buying in that HOA. So we're going to assume you still have a loan. So you have a loan, you have an appraisal contingency, and then ultimately a financing contingency. These are other ways that you can get creative with your offer on how short you make these, uh, these contingencies. Um, when these contingencies ultimately pass, it's an, it's an opportunity for you to not be able to get your 
uh, your your earnest money deposit back in the event that you cancel. Um, so an appraisal contingency, pretty self-explanatory. That's going to be a contingency to uh, to uh, you know make sure that your your home is how much it is what you're paying for. I sorry, words are hard sometimes. So you're going to get the home appraised to make sure that the value of the home is commensurate to what you are are paying for the home. Now, because we're seeing a lot of things going for overlist price, a way buyers are getting creative with their offers is by offering to pay over uh, a potential appraised uh, value not to exceed the purchase price. Say the home is listed at 450 and you offer 465, you agree to pay $15,000 more not to exceed uh, the purchase price in the event of a low appraisal. So it was listed at 450, you offered 465, so you've essentially guaranteed that $15,000 to a seller. This is a way to make your offer look stronger. Um, I'm not gonna share all my secrets though uh, on how to do that today, but that's that's a big one, um, for example. So uh, the home gets appraised and then you have the financing contingency. The financing contingency is by a certain date you are still approved for your loan. And if you're not approved for your loan after that date, if something happens after that date, you get your you get your deposit back. If that date passes and then you default where you don't qualify for your loan anymore, you probably won't get that deposit back. Again, your agent's job is to protect you and that deposit throughout the entire transaction. So really figuring out when... Uh, you know, getting getting you, you you know that final approval is key. I usually like to have final approval for my buyers only be a couple days before closing. Um, that way, we're pretty much up to the zero hour to protect my buyers. Um, okay, so we won't sum up everything, but we'll sum up some stuff. You know, so after the inspection, we have appraisal and financing contingencies. You'll get an appraisal and you'll get final approval on your loan. Only necessary, obviously, if you're paying. With financing, if you are paying with cash, you don't need an appraisal. It's not subject to an appraisal, and we there's no financing contingency because you're not getting approved by a loan. You have cash, and you show the seller that you have cash. Um, okay, so I mentioned that if you're buying in a in a if you're buying in a uh, in an HOA, there's an additional contingency. That additional contingency is the HOA information. Here in Las Vegas, we call it the CIC disclosure guide, uh, CIC disclosures, um, and the CIC resale package. Now, CIC is Common Interest Community, which is the legal name for an HOA. Um, your the seller of the home that you are buying is going to have to uh, get you the resale package, which is all of the CCNRs, the conditions, covenants, and restrictions that uh, pertain to the community that you have just purchased in. Uh, here in Nevada, and I'm sure it's different in every state, but here in Nevada, you have five days to review that. Um, whenever you get this in the contract, if you get it on day one, if you get it on day 25, because it's going to be roughly a month, the escrow period, um, you have five days to review it. Now, if you get it on, let's say, day 28, and you're closing in two days, you can you can opt to extend escrow to give you the full five days, or you can just sign off on it early. Um, it's important that you do receive this um, for uh, 
you know, yeah, you should know where you're buying. You know, the same way as we get an inspection, we should know we should know where we're buying. We should know what you know. Does my HOA have re- weird rules? Um, can I, as a homeowner, park in the street, or can I only park in the driveway, or can I even park in the driveway? Do my cars have to go in the garage? These are things you're going to want to know before purchasing in the neighborhood. You have five days to review it here in Nevada. It might be different in other states, as I said. But once, if, if there's one thing you don't like in there, you're able to leave the deal, at least here in Nevada, you know, based on the HOA package. And if you leave within those five days of receipt of getting the HOA package, you do get your deposit back always. Um, okay, so we... Uh, have the HOA package. Now, obviously, if you're buying in a non-HOA community, this element does not exist. Um, and if there's multiple HOAs in a community, say there's a master plan and a subdivision HOA, uh, then it's five days for each HOA package that you receive. If you receive them both on the same day, it's five days. If you receive them a day apart, it's five days for the first one and five days from the next one. Um, after that... We're pretty much in a waiting game. Now, a lot of this stuff, with the exception of your financing contingency, can really all happen within the first week or so. So now we're just waiting for you to close. Um, and it can, you know, it can be a little stressful. It can be a little agonizing. I've been on that side of the, of the table before as a buyer, so I, I know what it can be like. Um, because your appraisal's done, your due diligence is done, your financing contingency expires, you know, right before closing, but we're not anticipating any issues with that. Um, you got the HOA information pretty early on. We're just waiting. Um, the main reason we have to wait is because the bank needs to do all of their final stuff on you um, to make sure that everything is good to go and that they, of course, have the funds and ready to close on you. When they get this, it's called the clear to close. Now, when you have a loan, we need to then get you something called the CD or closing disclosure. You'll get this closing disclosure and you can close a few days after that. You have to wait the minimum time from when you get the CD to when you can close, though. So once you get that CD, you can close a few days later. If it's before the built-in date into the contract, if both parties agree, great, we can close early. If not, we're going to close on time. Um, if you're cash, we can pretty much close after all of the contingencies are up. When you're cash, the only contingencies are going to be due diligence and uh, HOA, if there's an HOA. So if we get all of that done within the first week or so, we can close on cash pretty early then, um, which is great. Uh, you see, you can't, so that's, uh, so yeah, but if we're, if we're with a loan, we're, you know, we're, we're bound to some timelines set by the bank and then by the CFPB, which is the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which is the, uh, like the regulating body over real estate and lending, uh, here in America. So, all right, (laughs) we got the CD, we signed the CD a few days later. We can sign. We can sign our closing paperwork. You go back to that escrow company who originally gave you their your earnest money deposit to. You sign your life away, and it's almost what it seems like. I remember joking as I was signing mine that like, okay, did I just indirectly, you know, promise you my firstborn child? Um, you sign all of this paperwork. A lot of it is boilerplate. Uh, some of it is actually FBI related due to the Patriot Act. Um, 
I've been doing this for several years, so I have read a lot of the closing documents before, and they're they're interesting, you know? Uh, you sign all of that, it gets notarized, you go to the bank, you wire the remaining down payment. Probably like, wait a minute, remaining down payment? Remember that earnest money deposit? That goes towards your down payment. So say you put $5,000 down as your earnest money and your down payment is $20,000. Well, now you only owe fifteen because you already have five hanging out in escrow uh, for you. So you wire your remaining down payment. Title slash escrow. The escrow company, they, they get receipt that your down payment is in. They now settle up with the lender. The lender goes great. It's a $400,000 home. They put down 20. They send $380,000. You're going to actually give a little bit more than 20,000 though because of your closing costs, which are lender fees and escrow fees and things like that. Um, you'll uh, they have all the money. The lender sends their money. Title and escrow, they now have all their money. They disperse the funds and they send the file to record. Once again, we're now at the, uh, you know, we're, we're at the mercy of the uh, uh, recorder's office. Because when they send this file to record, which is essentially a fancy way of saying the county recognizes the sale of your home, they, um, the county records, I get an email, you get an email, I call you up screaming, hallelujah, congratulations, you're bewildered, holy shit, you own a home, congratulations. We can now meet and uh, give, you the, uh, give you the key. Now, I did actually leave one step out. Shortly after you sign that CD, that closing disclosure, we're going to do a final walkthrough on the property. Uh, just to make sure everything looks the same as it did when we initially made an offer, albeit maybe any uh, changes made dur during the like request for repairs, any repairs may be made um, by the seller on, on your behalf. So, um, yeah, that is the home buying process. Um, it's a lot. So I'm going to sum it up real quick for you guys again. All right, you ready? Initial consultation. Speak with a lender if applicable. Look for homes. Write an offer on a home. Get an offer accepted. Open escrow and submit an earnest money deposit. Uh, get your inspections done. Appraisal if applicable. HOA disclosures if applicable. Waiting game. Financing contingency expires, if applicable. Signed CD, that closing disclosure, if applicable. Final walkthrough a couple days before closing. Sign all of the paperwork. Wait for it to record. Get your keys. I know that's a lot. If you want to dive into this more, I think this is actually probably the most I've spoken about this process in one shot um, of what, you know, that, that's a month, okay? That's like a month of your time, most of that. Maybe a month and a half of your time, depending on how long it takes you to find a home. Um, it's a lot. A lot goes on. So, uh, look, if you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. DM me, uh, Schiffrin Realty Group LV on Instagram. Uh, find me on Facebook, Schiffrin Realty Group of Platinum Real Estate Professionals. Find me on Facebook, Jason Schiffrin. Text me, call me, 917-968-3715. Email me, jason at shiffrinrealty.com. I'm happy to talk about this process more because it's a lot. And I know that as a real estate agent and a lot of real estate agents, we take it for granted because we do this all day, every day for, for years, a lot of us. So, you know, we, we might take certain steps of this process, you know, for granted because we, we just do it all the time. Um, but you don't. A lot of you, it's going to be your first time doing it. So, yeah. Huh.
Well, with that being said, I'm Jason Schifrin. This is Schiff about real estate. I hope I taught you something about the buying process along the way. Take care.